are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loud-mouthed movie cynic. And action! Okay, welcome to the show. This is so exciting. We got this new thing rolling here. My name is Kyle. My name is James. And we are going to be putting together this podcast about movies. We love movies, don't we? I'm sure you do too. (laughs) Yes, we do. Everybody, if you listen, you probably love movies. So we got a great program for you. But first, we're going to be talking about movies, maybe reviewing some movies, talking about our memories with them. So you got to get to know us a little bit. So I'll uh, I'll start with myself. Be selfish here for a minute. So so, uh, as I mentioned before, my name is Kyle, and uh, I come from the Midwest, Columbus, Ohio. So just a little background. I'm uh, a biology student at Ohio State and then uh, ended up out here in San Francisco where I met this guy over here. So tell, tell them about you. Well, this is James. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Coney Island to be exact. Excellent. I studied quite a bit as well, just like Kyle, similar field. Uh, and after many life experiences, I find myself on the West Coast. I'm sure you guys will get to know us a little bit more through the podcast. Uh, so we'll keep it simple for now. How about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. That yeah. sounds good. So uh, we're both transplants here in San Francisco. We got a little bit of the East Coast over here. Oh, yeah. Coney Island. And we got uh, some Midwest. And now we're on the left coast. So things are going to get crazy. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, James, why don't you uh, give a uh, little bit of background about our origin story, why we're doing this, what we're here doing. All right. What happened was Kyle and I, we worked together, right? And one day I, I came into the office, so to speak, a little bit upset because I had seen a movie. And you'll find out what movie that was in just a second. And I was looking for somebody to rant and rave about this movie about. And I searched the halls, and it's like four people that I walked into all did not share my view, to put it lightly. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so finally I bumped into Kyle, and I said, oh, can you believe this? Can you believe that? And he agreed with me. And we ranted and raved and ranted and raved, and we yelled and we cried and we laughed. All the emotions you'd expect, right, Kyle? Every emotion. Every emotion. Yeah, and suddenly a bunch of our coworkers had gathered around. They had heard us over the cubicles with our passion, <laughs> with our fury, our with, fury. Whatever, with whatever we were talking about at the time. And somebody, after all the laughing had died down and everybody had to, of course, get back to work and earn their money for the day. Earn their pay. Somebody said, you know, you guys, you guys should have a podcast. You got something there. Now, what's funny? That would be a funny thing for maybe 15 minutes a day, one day a week. We could listen to that. Yeah. That. Why so. not, right? We had a lot of fun. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Here we are. That's absolutely it. So now we're going to be talking about this interesting movie. This is going to be our inaugural podcast, so this gets Correct. to launch it off. The the fury, the the reason, the logic behind the failure. Let's talk about the movie today. What is that movie, James? <sighs> the movie, Kyle, and our listening friends. Jurassic World. Jurassic World. You guys probably saw it. Many people saw it. It broke a bunch of records, but we're here talking about Jurassic World today. And just as a side note, going forward, spoilers out the wazoo. (laughs) Spoilers, here they come. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled for this rather poor excuse for filmmaking, then uh, you might want to turn it off right now. Yeah. Yeah. But let's launch right into this because I have an overall impression. I kind of went into this movie with a mindset that I wanted to see dinosaurs munching people. That's where I came from. You know, I won't lie. I put a couple drinks in me. (laughs) I was... I was prepped and ready for a good time. I was going to have fun. I went in to see a fun movie. My expectations, very, very low. And uh, it kind of met those expectations. What about you, James? Oh, I also had low expectations. Uh, in fact, I planned on boycotting the movie to anybody that would listen to my flapping mouth about how much I didn't <laughs> want to see it. I swore I was going to boycott it. 
Um, but yeah, it not only met those low expectations, but it went below them and it got continually pounded into the fucking dirt as if a T-Rex was stepping on them. <laughs> First overall impression. Before I begin, I want to apologize. <laughs> I want to apologize to anybody that this movie may reach or similar movies in the future because I went to go see this movie, uh, shamefully enough, by myself. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I overcame that stigma a long time ago, to be honest no, with you. Now, me too. I slapped down my eight <laughs> bucks and change. I said with my most confident Charlie Brown voice, one please. Eight one bucks? Please. Was that a matinee? It was a Saturday matinee, oh. middle of the fucking day. <laughs> and because I'm a loser, you know, Kyle, I'm a loser. <laughs> and I wasted my Saturday afternoon watching this piece of garbage. Oh, man. It was an absolute piece of garbage. And I apologize because, as they say, we vote with our dollars. We vote. And when I voted for this movie by plopping down my cash, I essentially guaranteed that more movies like this would be made. Kyle, I'm sorry. Well, well, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people to apologize uh, or that owe us apologies for this movie, but let's start breaking it down break with it where down. the failures lie because we can get yeah. angry, we see the piece as a whole, but let's look, first of all, just starting with plot and story. You know, w what is a movie besides a, a great plot and story that we got here? So... I'm going into it, and I'm hoping, looking at what I'm seeing on the previews, the trailers, that this isn't true. Tell me it's not so, because I feel like I've already seen this film. Did you get that impression going into it? I did, and that film was called Jurassic Park. It was I've called I've already Jurassic seen this movie. <laughs> I've already seen it. Let's talk about that for a second. The, yeah. I, I call this my unoriginality checklist for <laughs> Jurassic World. Uh, let's see. Kyle, help me out here. Did we have, in both Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, its inferior cousin, if you will, years <laughs> later. Did we have a callous adult who was so focused on the business end of things that they lost track of what really mattered? Yes. Absolutely. Check. Check. Did we have a pair of victimized kids who ran, you know, uh, troubled and stressed out through the park and were actually victimized and subject to horrors while in a vehicle? Yes. Check. Check it off. Completely unoriginal. Did we yet again, yet again, have a genetic blunder where we played around with the blueprints of life oh. and didn't realize, wait a minute, there might be ramifications here. Big check on that one, buddy. Yeah, this so, is just, yeah. uh, it's a checklist of disaster. It's the same film. We got the same movie, and it was, you know, re-released last year in 3D. I went and saw it. It's a, it's part of my childhood. I loved that movie. Me too. I just watched my dollar bootleg from Ecuador the other night, and I loved it all the same. Your dollar bootleg from Ecuador? Don't worry about it. I'll explain later. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so yeah, we've got all the classic, you know, tropes here uh, going into our screenwriting. Which, by the way, where was it? What what did we have here besides a bunch of really terrible, uh, hackneyed points happening? If you're going to make Jurassic World a follow-up to three sequels on top of one of the best movies of all time, right? Wh why not just come up with a cool original idea? I don't know. I just don't get it. Instead, what we got was a whole bunch of ham-fisted, awkwardly handled commentary on corporate greed, military-industrial complex, mm -hmm. a really weird attempt briefly at animal rights. I mean, like, <laughs> give me a fucking break. Hey, like, hey, makers of this movie, you forgot an LGBTQ, L, you, you know the rest of it. I'm all for it, by the way. I'm very much a progressive. I'm just making fun of the fact that, holy cow, how can you claim to be critical of, let's say, corporate greed and animal rights, all that, all that shit, 
But you are that. The yes. movie represents that in the worst way possible. It's the perfect stereotype, self-referential stereotype. Okay, so you mentioned before how you had a uh, a big kind of plot hole that you saw with just the idea of the of the new dinosaur and the new plot of this oh, film. Oh boy! All right, all right, Kyle. Let's 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 imagine for a second. Imagine. Go on a journey with I'm me. I'm journeying. Here we go. Here it is. You genetically engineer a dinosaur. Yes. You raise it from egg to. Well, it looks like a, a pretty full-grown fucking adult, right? Like, like a mama dinosaur. Yeah, let's, let's give it 10 years. 10. Heck, even if it was only two. Yeah, right? I mean, we got advanced genetics. You know, we're accelerating growth. They yeah, didn't tell us. Years. All right, fine. They, they had Who this knows? dinosaur for, let's just say, a decent amount of time, right? right? They raised it from a tiny little egg, watched it slaughter its sibling, if, as, if you recall, and then they had it in captivity. You mean to tell me in all those years, you never once saw the fucking thing change color? I did not. You never had a scientist, some nerdy guy like uh, like us, like us, a nerdy guy like us, <laughs> with, a with a clipboard saying, "Oh, that's strange. I'm pretty sure that dinosaur is usually kind of an, a gray, a grayish toned animal, and now it looks green, just like all the leaves around it." Never once. I guess we missed that. You never once noticed that this animal was capable of changing its fucking heat signature. Oh, heat signature. Why didn't we look for that? Holy when we cow! Already have the Huge fucking plot hole that you had no idea that this dinosaur was capable of stuff. And then another huge flaw in the movie that it only did each of those things once or twice. One time. Yeah, it's a smart dinosaur. Oh, my God. Let's go. Yeah. Oh. And just going back to the plot for a second, when we look at it, are we really supposed to jump on board with the, hey, we didn't think it was going to happen again mentality? Is that all this movie is? <laughs> it couldn't happen twice. No way. Not no a little alone four times now. <laughs> so that's just garbage. And looking at this film, it's really interesting. Did it need to be made, or was this just a precursor to a better film that could have been made? When I think of Jurassic World, I think of a really fantastic movie that could have been made instead of what we got, which was in a world where dinosaurs have taken over a park again. <laughs> now we got some things moving here. And we had the whole movie play out with just that one sentence. Could have basically been the whole film. And we could have had this really good movie starting at the end where, yeah, the dinosaurs did take over the park. And yeah, in this new world where they took over the park and they're spreading around the world, get a mass pandemonium. We could have had hmm. this, you know, interesting idea of survivalists in a dinosaur age where they're reclaiming the earth. Because that's what we're looking at here. We can't control this nature. Dinosaurs are going to take over at this point if we keep putting them in these parks. And we could do something interesting with the Jurassic World idea of living in what we've now created because we're, we're stupid and we're making the same mistakes over and over again. We've made Jurassic World. Now let's live in it. That's a good follow-up sequel instead of just making the same movie again. So the whole plot was meaningless. We could have just started at the end, summed it up with one sentence. Wow. Would have been a better movie. A great movie. You're welcome, Hollywood. Make that movie. But let's move on here. Let's uh, right. let's talk let's about the, the characters for a minute because maybe there were some funny characters to make this movie fun like I wanted to see and have some fun even if it was terrible. What where, Did we have any good characters, James? No. no. All we had was a bunch of stock, shitty characters who we barely got to know, barely gave a shit about, and they might as well not have even been there, right? As, as Kyle says, this, this movie could have started at the end. It, we, we didn't need the characters. It we didn't need the characters. It could have definitely started at the end. We have a classic flaw in our terrible blockbuster movies that we have now where too much tries to get packed in, mm -hmm. too many characters, too many storylines, too much action, and what ends up happening is the screenplay just becomes 
a narrative. Everybody describes exactly what they're thinking, exactly what's happening, to the point where we see a dinosaur change color in front of a bunch of people trying to find it, I and they this. scream, it has camouflage! <laughs> Did, you don't need to say, that is one second of that that movie that was just explained using visuals, which is half the point of a movie. But give that guy a raise, because he read your crappy line and oh. with, with some gusto so that guy needs a raise uh but yeah we just have this narration of all the events that are taking place and it leaves no room for nuance no room for character development and thus we have these empty shells that we can now make memes of all over the internet <laughs> people holding back dinosaurs and robots and stuff it's just ridiculous Ooh. moving yeah. on well kyle before we you know before yeah. we move on past the character right. i have a pretty basic question for sure. you sure you know kyle is a pretty level-headed guy. He's getting he's getting fired up here, though. Getting a little so he's fired, getting up. fired up. Getting fired up. My question for you, since you're very good at analyzing movies and breaking them down, is who is the protagonist of this movie? Nobody. Let me let me see. I don't if, know. Let me, let me, let me, I have let me, no idea. Who let me run down is. the list again. Yeah, give me a see. list. Give me a list. All right. Is it is it fucking floppy mop flop do little boy and his horny ass older brother? <laughs> no. Do we identify not. with those two at all? We do not. Do we give a you know what about them? Uh, hopefully nobody does. All right. So we've got all these silly characters going around, and it feels like we just had to jam every stereotype in that we possibly could. Down to we've got these two kids running around, and of course, mom and dad are fighting, and they might get divorced, and one kid's sad, and the other one's like, suck it up, man, and it's just a whole bunch of garbage. It's no way to, you know, facilitate these ideas as they're trying to put So together. completely awkwardly shoehorned in. Awkwardly shoehorned. Stupid side plot about their parents might be getting divorced so they mentioned it for how long kyle in about one second and then did we revisit it again nope nope no follow-up garbage so i i don't think they're the protagonists we don't they, there's no arc developed for them not at all uh they're spottily in the movie whatever i'm moving on they're clearly not the main character is it ceo ice queen power suit wearing uh, I forgot the size and, and dates and birth dates of my nieces and nephews all over the, the country. Is no, it, her? no, it is not. And come on. Uh, are we just we've just had these great progressive movements with our, our, our rights activists and we're going to make the most stereotyped, hackneyed, terrible representations of women in film. Yeah, look at me. I, I'm going to showcase to the men that I'm ready for the action by tearing off my sport jacket and tying <laughs> around my waist. And putting my <laughs> fists on my hips like I'm fucking Jane from the jungle, right? It's really depressing because more people are going to see this movie than, say, some artsy... This is a popcorn blockbuster summer movie. More people are going to see this than some artsy Wes Anderson movie set in some fake country resembling Poland, you know? <laughs> it's like more people are going to see this. More people are going to be exposed to this really archaic way of thinking and it's really it's depressing that that's the way we're going to portray this absolutely the, the female lead even right there at the end to the very end is reduced to a joke kyle a, a, a fucking joke you know we're in the airplane hangar at the end everyone's rescued people are hugging and yeah flop top moppy flop top <laughs> and you know who get reunited with their i thought we're getting divorced parents what mm -hmm. the, what happened there oh i guess they're back together that's good <laughs> And who do we have in the background staring longingly at the re, you know, the reunion? Oh, CEO Ice Queen with the typical, I wish I had that cliche. Oh, <laughs> you know, forget my wildly successful career where I'm a powerful, intelligent <laughs> woman. I just want to make babies with that wannabe uh, Harrison Ford over there in the corner <laughs> that I barely know. That's what I want. Throw it all out. Flush it down the toilet. Give me a fucking break. Not the so main she's, character. We don't give a crap about her. Don't We're moving care. on. How about... 
Poor old Chris Platt. Platt? Chris Platt. That's his name? Chris, Chris Platt. Platt. Platt in this film. <laughs> sorry, Platt. man. Sorry. sorry. Man. That's not his name. You were, you're great. But, right. but, sorry. He, but how did they handle him in terms of potentially being the main character? They didn't. They gave him a character with weird tonal issues, and it did not work. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I continue along this point. Who, who, uh, movies don't have to have a protagonist, right? No. They don't, even, they don't have to have a protagonist. Maybe like one or two people that generally the public can identify with trace their, their movements and their actions and their feelings. Yes, their feelings through the story. And have a sense of satisfaction when it all works out in the end. Oh my god, the end scene, for example, is not something that, like, the, the protagonist doesn't overcome a, uh, an obstacle. No. Two dinosaurs, or, like, four of them, actually, duke yeah. it out at the end. So we're left watching a final climactic battle scene between CGI monsters, Kyle. Yep. And, I mean, we've had good, we've had fantastic CGI in movies. I mean, the Planet of the Apes movies that just came out, both of them had phenomenal CGI. And those were apes. Those were just apes. These are dinosaurs. They, they are so much more interesting. Just apes. <laughs> I just don't even... There, there's, there's something about the laziness of the component of CGI nowadays. Because we're looking at something very unique in Jurassic World where we see some of the biggest things we can put on screen. We've got all these movies where we have two huge Transformers that are skyscrapers <laughs> and things. And we've got these huge dinosaurs... And in, in the scene, you probably know what I'm talking about with the great white hanging in front of the amphitheater. We've got this, uh, this giant dinosaur going to jump up and, and eat this animal. And from how they shot it, it looked like they were hanging a minnow in front of a hungry bass because <laughs> there was no tact used with the CGI. This is a tool, and you have to have intelligent people behind it framing shots and composing Absolutely. things. And when you have no sense of scale of how big these animals are, then you could make the biggest thing in the world and put it on screen and nobody's going to have any idea. It's just going to look like you're a little minnow. <laughs> Complete waste of technology. In, in my conversations with people here at work, Kyle, you know that some people in defense of this movie, and I don't know how you could defend it, <laughs> will say to you, you got to admit, James. You got to admit, Kyle. You got to admit that the CGI was amazing. <laughs> wasn't it, but wasn't the CGI amazing? And to that I say, when is it not? You know? <laughs> This is the CGI of a movie being amazing is no longer a selling point. Okay, we don't brag nowadays that a movie's in full color, right? We, it's not getting me to the box office to know that it's in Dolby surround sound. Okay? I would like to see that picture, please. These are givens. Okay, CGI. Unless you're talking about the fucking Hunger Games, which I've only been told is crappy. I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Let's just clear the air right here. No comment. <laughs> CGI is going to be good. All right, yeah. CGI is mostly good. It's not a selling point. It CGI a movie does not make. Kyle, absolutely. No, I get what you're saying. That's that's perfect. So we're looking at the CGI. We're looking at all the components of these things that go into the film. And one of the things I know that you had a big problem with was the tone of the picture. Absolutely. And I too noticed a lot of tonal issues with this. It's hard to pull off the hat trick and make the action, comedy, drama, romance. You know, we we it's it's tough to do that. And some screenwriters can pull it off. And it takes finesse on all parts of the uh, directors and the editors putting everything together. Every frame matters. Every frame is, is brilliant and every sound matters. And the tone of this film was wildly all over the place. And you have a great example of I that as well. I have a primary example of that. The Chaperone. The Chaperone. Okay, Flop Top and his horny older brother, <laughs> I think, Flop were top. accompanied at certain points by 
the chaperone lady. Yeah. Right? Now, we barely see the chaperone lady. We get brief glimpses of her just desperately trying to keep up with these two little pricks, right? (laughs) And yet, when the pterodactyls break out, she's mauled, right? She's picked up and tortured and dunked in the fucking aquatic dino's tank over and over again, picked up and ultimately snatched up and just absolutely devoured by Uh the the largest thing I've ever seen. Now, to me, that reeks of, you know what? There were probably scenes in the movie that she got edited out of where she was an absolute nightmare of a woman to these kids. Because we hope. it reeked of like revenge kill, Kyle. Yeah. It looked like a damn revenge kill where the order's like, well, she got her comeuppance <laughs> vis-a-vis a dinosaur. And to me, that's, the, you know, to get to bring it back to the tone, she didn't deserve that. I'm no. not disturbed because it was a gory scene because it really wasn't gory. It was just kind of disturbing. No. I'm disturbed because it was wildly out of fucking place yeah and i think you're giving them a lot of credit thinking that they even developed a character as much behind <laughs> the scenes before editing that out Holy but cow. wildly wild, wild tonal issues with pterodactyls tearing people apart and, and looking at that and maybe this isn't the time you know this it, it's hard enough to put the comedy in your movie about the dinosaurs eating all the people but definitely now is not the time for this kind of camp that you're trying to put into it like oh your boyfriend's so cool right after these people get torn apart by these giant dinosaur animals it's oh, it, yeah or look at me i'm a fat tourist double fisting sodas and while <laughs> things are still flying around wildly out of control around me tearing people apart oh too bad about this oh boy i hope my my i hope my fucking oh, drink doesn't get I cold i don't even remember which one was diet now <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it yeah, anyway. it's, it's true, Kyle. I, I really thought that at that point, that's where the movie was supposed to take a tone shift. All right, this is where shit gets really out of control. Right. But nope, embedded within the most intense scene or what should have been a pivot point in the movie is camp. Camp. Solid camp. <sighs> Not good. Moving on. All right. Going a little bit further, uh, kind of finishing up our, our conversation here, we've got a, just an overall quality, and one of the big failures of films now, big blockbusters, uh, especially PG-13 rated films. Mm-hmm. You usually know going into that that uh, unless it's in some really well-guided hands, you're going to get something that's really tonally skewed. You want the adults to be entertained, so you need some high drama or some really uh, action-packed sequences that are intense, or you've got, you know, keep the baby kids entertained with some <laughs> jokes about whatever, the dinosaurs and, and stupid stuff. So you, you really know what you're going into looking at something like this, especially a fourth sequel on the bill that they've thrown billions of dollars at and Spielberg put his name on. And and I don't know, shame on him slightly. but Yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, that's a great point. You have the fourth go-around at this mm-hmm. thing, right? Right. And a lot of people will say... You know, knock it out the park. Knock it out of the freaking park. <laughs> I just want... But, you know, if the public only demands... If the only demand from the public is, I just want to see dinos eating people, you don't care about story or character arc or development or script or screenwriting or the, or the fucking screenplay, whatever you call it, then I tell you what, if that's your only demand, then stay at home and turn on the fucking sci-fi <laughs> channel because you know what? That channel is loaded with low-budget, <laughs> shitty movies... Where ridiculous things happen all the time, like sharks flying around in what weather patterns or something, right, Kyle? Oh, yeah, Sharknado three just recently released. Oh my like... god! <laughs> and don't give me that that oh, you know, don't give me the excuse of oh we can never match the mastery of the original. Give it a fucking try. Yeah. Make a decent movie. God damn it! Like, <laughs> at least try. It's insulting to our intelligence, Kyle. It is insulting. Let's let's just put it all into a final wrap up here okay. with with the whole plot with the whole story. Look. We get it. 
we get the point. We got your hackneyed uh, political commentaries. We got it all. It wasn't subtle. You threw the hammer down. And we get it. We saw the dinosaurs eat the people. You can't control nature. That's my clap for you. You did that. You had the fun part in there for me. I'm pretty me. sure you Thank established you. that in the first movie, <laughs> that you shouldn't try to dominate this thing. You don't have the true power here. Mother Nature always... Uh, Absolutely. But what you've essentially done is you've thrown a lot of money at a turd, and you've polished it. And what we are left with at the end is none other than a polished turd of a film. And that's all it can ever be at that point. So... Uh, James, your final thoughts on the movie going in, spending your matinee hours <laughs> watching this. Final thought. The, the movie essentially tells you exactly what's wrong with it. And that is, the plot was that audiences are bored, mm. attendance is down, and so we need to genetically engineer, engineer excuse me, our way out of this by making something with more teeth, right? <laughs> Bigger, badder, scarier, rawr, right? <laughs> Imagine you're operating a theme park, Kyle. A theme park. Let's call this theme park Ocean Planet. Ocean Planet. Because I'm not about to get sued. Sounds right? familiar. And let's pretend that attendance is suffering, stock prices are down at your theme park Ocean Planet. I'm disappointed. Would you genetically engineer something inferior to what was previously your best product? Hmm. Would you genetically engineer a barracuda to say, this will impress people enough to forget that the killer whale is now boring? <laughs> no. And that's what happened with Jurassic World, both in the plot and the movie itself. They genetically engineered something that ultimately got its ass kicked by something that already existed in the park. And they created a movie that is shitty compared to the original, claiming that they were stepping it up a notch. Do you see what I'm saying here? Do you see the parallels? I see a great metaphor that you just created there. All very, right. Very I nice. tried. I tried. Very Thank nice. You, yeah, that was good. Shall we go I'm to final grades? That. Let's grade it. Let's put a grade on it. Uh, you, you're probably familiar with the A to F scale going through school as well. Absolutely. Where do you grade it? Put it on the scale. F, man. <laughs> F for garbage, all right? Because there is no G grade. Otherwise, it'd get a G. Otherwise, it's an F, okay. bottom line. F, failing grade. All right. Uh, you know uh, what? I give it a, a D and a wink and a smirk because, all right, I see what you did there, but come on. You pulled a fast one. We deserve us. better. We, we you... deserve better. We're smarter than you think we are, the viewing public. We were bamboozled. We were totally bamboozled. Led astray. Led astray. Unbelievable. Absolutely. So, uh, bottom line was, bad movie. Pretty bad movie. Worst movie I've seen since Interstellar. Whoa! Okay. Well, that brings us to another episode. So, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, stay sharp, see some good movies, and have a good time. See you guys later. And cut! <laughs>